We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And we're back. Another season of postgame pods here. I am coming at you tonight, Monday night, after the Timberwolves preseason opener. It was a win at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. For those of you who might be new to the show, just quickly, um, I'll explain what we do here after Wolves games. It's just me on these episodes, unlike the ones with guests. Just me, about 25 minutes, kind of. I don't know, I guess it's my notebook from the game talking about what we saw on the floor and what I heard from the players post game. So, so yeah, notebook, we'll mix in a few audio clips and we'll just get into main takeaways, just what we were, you know, what we were able to learn the first time seeing this team in a while. Um, obviously at the beginning of the year, there's a ton to learn every year. You know, we need to, we need to figure out what the rotations are going to be. What are the schemes going to be? Where are players being used? And, you know, right now we're, we haven't seen these guys play for months, so who's improved? Where, where's everybody at? Mo- most of you know the drill. We did this after all 72 games last year. So we'll get started tonight. First preseason game, what do we learn? I think for me, my biggest takeaway was Ant and his defense. I, I know it's I know it's preseason, easy to overreact, but I'd have my single biggest takeaway from the game is that Anthony Edwards brought a completely different approach to defense. I thought I thought it was phenomenal defensive, defensively tonight. And, and we'll get into specifics of why, but I think we got to think back to last year, right? Like defense was a major problem for Ant. And that obviously, right, that bore out statistically. He graded out, if you look at defensive effective plus minus, he was a 22nd percentile defender his rookie season. And really, you know, that, that 22nd percentile was boosted, um, boosted up to the 22nd percentile with sort of the second half of the year where he was racking up some steals. But I mean, if you go back to the beginning of his rookie year, defense was it was a real adventure for Ant. I mean, he he talked publicly last season about struggling with defense, struggling with defending after being screened. He he was constantly getting pinned on screens by seven footers at the NBA level, and, and he he knew it, right? He he talked about it. What what Ant wasn't as public about last year was was just kind of his tendency defensively to get lost off ball, and and that was really. You know, that was probably what hurt him most defensively. Probably hurt the team most defensively. You're off ball every possession, right? At, at some point. So so Ant was, you know, he was really having an adverse impact on the defense last season off ball. And, and tonight, I mean, yes, I know, like 
all the disclaimers. One preseason game, but tonight he was legit. He was he was very very good. I mean, he was he was conscientious of his help responsibilities while also filling the gaps and you know jumping passing lanes. It took sixty seconds into the game for him to jump a gap, pick off a pass, go down, take it down for a dunk on Brandon Ingram. I mean, it, it was it was it was right away. And and I, I was thinking about it um, as soon as that play happened. I, I was talking to Jim Peterson, the color commentator for the Wolves, this morning at shoot around. And well, I should say Jim was talking to me about this. Jim was talking about how he went back, I think, last night, Sunday night, and he went back and watched all of Ant's steals from last year. And he just talked about, it's like you know, really, he, he's like, you should go back and watch all the steals. Like, watch how well Ant was playing the gaps, and. As Jim was talking about, I'm like, okay, I, I think I don't know. Like, Wolves' defense still wasn't very good under Finch. I mean, I remember Ant got more steals, but you know, I mean, maybe I did brush over some of Ant's improvement defensively at the end of last year. I, he, the, the steals were there, and those things that we did see Ant do well last year at the end of the year, we we did see him do tonight. And the, the way Jim put it this morning, and I think it was accurate, was Ant always keeps his inside leg loaded, which, right, I mean, it kind of, if you have that inside leg loaded, then you have the ability to jump the passing lane. And Ant's just one of the most athletic players in the league. So if he, that can be deceptive for the other team. If he's loaded on his interior leg, then he can, he's going to be out there jumping passing lanes that look like they're available. And again, to Jim's credit, that's exactly what Ant did numerous times tonight in the 22 minutes he played. And I'd be lying if I wasn't sitting here right now, like getting a little carried away with this idea. I mean, this what if, like what if Ant is growing into becoming a special defender? I mean, that that what if, I mean, it's, if true, it's, it's, it's pretty massive. And that's how I put it to Chris Finch post game when we were, he was talking about Ant's defense and I was, you know, in the moment after the game, just kind of pretty struck by it. And here, here, this is, this is, this is what Finch had been telling us. He'd been telling us in training camp. I think a lot of us were somewhat skeptical of it, but he's been talking about Ant's, you know, off-ball awareness, all of training camp, and tonight post-game, he was kind of like, yeah, this is what I've been telling you about. Here's Finch post-game. You've been talking about this awareness from Ant now yeah. for, for the past few weeks. Obviously, it's our first time seeing it. Did, did you have kind of in the lead-up any sort of aha moment with him that, he kind of turned a corner in terms of defensively because this feels like it could be pretty massive. No, no aha moment. He's just been locked in since day one, um, and, and he's, his you know his defense has been you know, probably a little bit better than his offense in camp right now. Um, he's been playing really, really well in camp, you know, um, and it's been led by his activity and his in his defensive effort. We just got to get his shot selection back to where it is for him. You know, it seemed a little hesitant tacking the hoop tonight at times, uh, but he did a really good job of finding people. He's also done a great job all camp of, of playmaking, but he needs to also be aggressive for himself too. If the Wolves are special this year, it's going to be because of this. And it's not even as simple as, oh, Ant being solid defensively means there's one fewer poor defender out there. It's, it's how Ant's, this specific type of defense from Ant is going to turn into points on the other end. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the league who are, you know, good at playing the gaps. They're they're fundamentally sound like that, and they're going to rack up steals. But the difference with Ant, if this sticks, is that he turns his steals into instant offense. 
I mean, the kid is a force in transition. Again, we saw that tonight. That list of players who are good at playing gap, gaps, racking up steals, I mean, that list shrinks a lot when you whittle it down to the guys who can get that steal and go turn it into two points by themselves on the other end. That's just not a long list. This team is going to profit by being elite in transition in general, and Ant is their best transition player. They're going to get the ball to him in transition regardless, but if he can get the ball to himself in transition, I mean, yeah, that that just is massive. The other thing we can we could definitely take away from a preseason game, I mean, don't want to get too carried away with it, but it's it's you know it's our first little notes we have on this team are, are the rotations, right? You know, when did they play? Who do they play with? And entering the season, and we've been talking about it for months, the rotation is going to be a puzzle. We knew Cat, Ant, and D'Lo would be in the starting lineup, but we didn't know if Malik Beasley was going to be in the starting lineup, and we didn't know if Jaden McDaniels or Jared Vanderbilt or whoever would be in at power forward. And, you know, plot twist, starting power forward, first preseason game, Josh Okogie. And Jaden McDaniels was out there as well at the three, I would say. I mean, those are those two are somewhat interchangeable. I mean, Okogie, McDaniels, who's the three, who's the four there. But that meant the starting lineup was D'Lo, Ant, McDaniels, Okogie, Cat. And the next five in were Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, and Nazarene. Prince was the first one to check in. So, you know, I guess he'll get labeled to like the whole sixth man sort of thing. But I wouldn't read too much into that. If you looked at it, you know, McDaniels picked up three fouls in the first four minutes and Prince came in for him there to kind of take him out of foul trouble. So I, I think Prince is more in this next group that all checked in at the same time, which is Beverly, Beasley, and Reed. And then Vanderbilt also came in with that second unit, but he was the 10th guy into the game. Later later on, Jordan McLaughlin also came in, so they kind of played 11 guys overall in their first half rotation when it seemed like you know they are more intentional about what their rotations were. So of that 11-man rotation, I think two things really stood out to me here. And obviously, one was Akogi starting. I'll play a, a clip with Finch explaining that in a second. Um, so pause on that. But number two was Vanderbilt being the 10th guy. That that stood out to me as well. Now, to be fair, Finch just said not to read too much into the rotations early on. But if we do take some of what happened tonight to be a clue, then I think the Vanderbilt part is pretty noteworthy. I mean, may... It might be a bit of a leap to kind of rule out Vanderbilt from being that fifth starter, that power forward. But, you know, for the sake of the hypothetical, let's say that Vando's role is of a bet, like a bench big. And if that's the case, that clears up a little bit for what the rest of, you know, the starting lineup is going to look like. If Vando isn't starting, I think that all but guarantees McDaniels does start. I mean, just for some height. And then that would lead me to believe that the fifth starter would either be a Kogi, who started tonight. Or Torian Prince. And those are two, right, pretty clearly diverging paths. I mean, there's optimism that Akogi will shoot it better this season, but, you know, he's been a sub-30% catch-and-shoot guy so far since he's been in the league. And with Prince, there's similarly optimism on the other side of the ball that he can also be a defensive weapon. But, you know, generally speaking, Akogi's your energy and defense option, and Prince is your shooting option. I will say they were, they were both great at that tonight, both of those areas. Akogi's defense was great. First possession of the game, he rotated over as the low man, which we know we've been talking about. That's really important. First possession, rotates over and gets the block shot. It was perfect. And then Prince, man, I I think this dude's going to shoot it. It's it's just such a good offense for a stretch four to play in. And 
I think we've brushed over how good of a shooter Torian Prince is. He's a shooter. So, you know, I mean, we saw the first we saw our first signs of that tonight. Looking at the box score now, four or five from three. He went on. He got hot there in the second quarter. I think this is just an interesting decision for Finch, right? Like, Okogi Prince diverging paths. We'll you know we'll see what he ends up doing. But this is this is Finch post game describing why he went with Okogi tonight. Starting Josh tonight. Uh, he's kind of a tone setter, somebody who obviously gives you great energy on the ball. Is that why he started? Um, I think we're going to look at different lineup combinations to start the game. We thought he deserved to start based on the last five days and, and just, you know, wanted to reward him for that. His shot selection seems much improved over previous years, even last, you know, when you came. Is that something you guys have been working on just in terms of when to shoot? Um, well, he's worked hard on his shot. You know, we, we've always said that he has a really good rhythm to his shot. It's his own hesitation at times that, um, you know, he has to just let it fly. And he shot the ball confidently tonight. And as we tell all of our guys, trust the work that you put in. You had a great summer. and might as well shoot the ball. And we give him a green light. In the flow of the offense, everything's everything's a good shot. And then uh, Jade McDaniels next to Cat always seems like it's, a great idea on paper, and tonight again, they just had trouble getting a rebound. I'm just wondering, well, yeah, what do you think that is? I mean, that's again, that's what we're looking at, you know. Um, is you know, do we struggle with certain lineups out there? And uh, yeah, we talked about it the other day, you know, James got to become a better rebound for, for us tonight, but you know, he struggled to get into a good uh, rhythm just with the foul trouble. But I thought he was really guarded, he did a good job on Ingram early, really got into him, made it hard. This position obviously remains the biggest question for the Wolves this year. They don't really have a lot of power forwards, a lot of guys, tweeners, whatever. Maybe Vanderbilt's more of a five. You know, maybe Prince and Akogi are more threes. But in the mix, we have Prince, we have Akogi, we have Vanderbilt. And I think we'll see Cat and Nas out there together at times, too. You know, Finch did also say, I think this is probably the biggest breadcrumb we received of, you know, who's going to play. He said, quote, if you can rebound the ball, you're going to get on the floor. And if you can't, it's going to be hard. So along those lines, right, like that's a strong case for Vanderbilt. He's the best rebounder of that group. So we'll see. I'll be curious to see who Finch does roll with against a bigger Denver team on Friday night. We're going to take a quick break here, but after that I want to just kind of describe the, I don't really know what to call it other than fun vibe that it was being back at Target Center tonight. The first month, or the first month, the, the first half of this game was as much fun as I've had Um you know, kind of watching this team since I've since I've been covering them, or at least the most fun I've seen these players have. So we'll take a quick break, and I'll get into that after the break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back here with some reactions and takeaways from the Timberwolves preseason opener Monday night. And I will just say for me, on a personal level, it was it was just cool to be back at Target Center. But specifically, back at Target Center, you know, sitting next to the Wolves bench on Media Row. Last season, we were... COVID and everything. We were tucked away up in the box level. We were away from the team, which really as a reporter, I mean, it, it just takes away a lot of your exposure and contact to the team. You know, tonight it was funny with the with the team having all their training camp bodies there, that there just wasn't enough seats on the bench. So a few of the players were actually like sitting or standing right next to us there on media row, just kind of in the corner of the bench. And so, so yeah, there you go. Exposure's back. For me, it was, uh, with that, you know, D'Lo was there, Cat was there, Ant was there. Um, but the, the thing that really stood out to me was just how vocal of a leader D'Lo was, or maybe how much of a vocal leader he's become. Again, last year being tucked away, I didn't have a lot of exposure to that. And really, the, the only exposure I have had to D'Lo was right after that, the trade went down in the 2019-20 season. And, and I think D'Lo was kind of fine in his footing back then of, you know, what type of leader was he going to be? What was his role? Who, like, he didn't know a lot of the guys on the team. And, and I think it's clear that there's a lot more rapport there now. He's, I mean, between he and Cat, for sure, like, th- those, those are the leaders. Um, it, it, was, it was just interesting to watch D'Lo interact with these guys and be like, okay, you know, he's the dude. And he certainly, he was hilarious on the sidelines. He certainly brought it from an energy standpoint. And yeah, I just think, I think we're kind of going to see a little bit different of a D'Angelo Russell this year. And, and as he described it, you know, on the floor or on the bench, you know, it's, it's going to be a party. The bench was really energetic tonight, really positive. How much, and you were, you were a big part of that. How much do you kind of set that on yourself to, to kind of set the tone for, for this team and, and kind of providing that energy? I mean, I look at it as if I'm a fan of the game, you know, um, you come to the game, you, you're a fan. Our fans are getting better at being as lively as we were, you know, hopefully we can get that going. But I think, you know, when you come to the game and you're playing well, and you, you, you worked your tail off all week, training camp, whatever it may be all summer. And then you're out there, you're having a great time. And then when you come to the bench, you can still have a good time. I treat it like a party. You know, I think the players feed off of it that are on the court, you know, and then it keeps you loose for when you get back out there. You're right back into that energy instead of, you know, having a little, you know, let off. So works. Another interesting leadership breadcrumb I thought I found tonight was Torian Prince. He kind of, I know it's early, but he kind of seems like this year's vet. You're just kind of judging off of the ways the younger guys were interacting with him. I mean, Pat Bev is the vet. He's the oldest player on the team. Prince is only 27, but 
on this team, that makes him the oldest player on the roster other than Beverly. Jake Lehman's 27 too. But um, yeah, I, I think I think Prince is Prince is taking on that leadership role. I don't know if it's a if it's like the Rubio situation from last year, but I don't know. In ways, I think it kind of is. I think I think Prince will be one of this team's leaders. And in my time doing this, just from my perspective, like from the Jamal Crawfords to the Taj Gibsons, the Rubios, others, I think that stuff matters. It's important in a locker room. So with Prince, I definitely, I definitely have my eye on that going forward. And I also have my eye on Cat. I mean, he's the leader of this team in his own way, different than D'Lo, than Prince, whatever. But how Cat leads this year is as important of a variable as variable as any, I think. I, obviously, you've seen all the pictures. Cat is probably in the best shape of his career. He told us last year he weighed 268 coming into training camp. This year he weighs 240. That's obviously a big step in some direction for him. And and you know what he's going to be able to do in that frame this year? <laughs> As the team's best player, that's obviously huge. You know, Cat, it's been interesting to find out in, in training camp that for one reason or the other, Finch has said they've been They've been ramping Cat up, so he hasn't been playing in the scrimmages um, that they've been having in practices. So this was, you know, this was the first time Cat had really played with these guys. He played 14 minutes tonight, so those 14 minutes were really his first 14 minutes with this group as currently constructed. And what what stood out to me is I was just kind of watching those 14 minutes. Largely, those minutes all came alongside Ant and or D'Lo. Um, was that there just doesn't. There just doesn't feel like there's going to be the same offensive burden on Cat this year. And outside of the the Jimmy year, for, for so much of Cat's career, it's felt like any offensive lull in the course of a game just fell on Cat's shoulders. He had to pull them out of it. He had to be the spark of the offense. And that just that, that shouldn't be the case this year. It, it, it won't be the case if this is going to be a good team this year. We, we saw tonight D'Lo had 17 points in his first 10 minutes. That's that's a lull breaker right there, but it's another scoring option for this team. I'm again, I'm still here banging the drum that Delo is like Delo's going to go this year. I, I I really think he will. And we know, in addition to Delo, you have Ant as an offensive initiator as well. Finch talked about his playmaking. We saw some initiation baton passing between Ant and Delo, and we kind of saw Cat more so existing around that. It's kind of, I mean. The nature of being a center is is always going to be you're somewhat reliant on your other teammates to involve you, but this seems to this seems to fit. I mean, Cat Cat still had his 15 points tonight too. Again, in only 14 minutes, he's going to score. He always finds his ways to score, but I think it's going to be a weapon for this team if he doesn't have to score. I mean, we we know what this year is about, and it's not offense. It's about whether or not this group can defend at a mediocre level. And specifically, if they can rebound on that end. I mean, to be honest, the rebounding was brutal tonight. The whole team, even if the defense as it was active overall, if the defense was a, but the defensive rebounding was a problem. And Cat is the one player on this team can who can just have the biggest impact on that end. He plays the most important defensive position, and he's their best rebounder. I'm I'm encouraged by the idea that what Ant and D'Lo can provide offensively that that will allow Cat to be more of an impactful defensive player. I mean, there is something to that notion of it is a burden to be the most relied upon offensive player and the most relied upon defensive player. And again, back to, you know, 
sitting by him tonight, overhearing some of his conversations, I honestly do think he realizes how important that end is. Obviously, this has been an undertone of a lot of his career is that, you know, his teams need to be better defensively. He needs to be better defensively. And I think he realizes that. I, I know for a fact that he is excited about this more aggressive, the more aggressive defensive principles that Finch has installed in this team. And I, I, I know he realizes that this team has to make up for what they don't have in terms of defensive personnel with communication. That's Cat. That's what Cat has to do. Executing on those things is what will make Cat be the leader this team needs. It was just fun to be back at Target Center, seeing the team play. Um, for those of you who watched the game, I think you you'd have the same takeaway. I, I'm just I'm telling you, man, this team is not at all phased by having fired the president of basketball operations. That just it just isn't on their mind. I don't know if it should be or what. It just that's how it works in the NBA. Those are different departments. And being there tonight, watching them on the bench, seeing the energy, it just became abundantly clear to me that, I don't know, just that any sort of narrative out there that the, the Wolves are some bad vibes team going, getting, you know, in the aftermath of their president being fired. I mean, it's a bad vibe situation, but I just don't think that we will see that show up on the floor for the team. Those of you know who've been listening to this, you know I'm, I was before Rosas was fired, and I am afterwards. I'm bullish on the over 33.5 wins. I've never thought that about a Wolves team that I've covered before. I think I think in previous seasons, I think parts have been missing. I, I thought there were I thought there was holes that were, you know, question marks. Obviously, you go back to 2018-19, the Jimmy Butler trade situation, you know, 2019-20. Some it just it, it, it was hard to believe in the team even meeting their like meager preseason expectations. I, I don't I don't feel that way this year. There yes, there are holes in this roster too. There's gonna be things they struggle with. We saw even in a good night tonight, we saw those things they're gonna struggle with show up. But I I, I just don't think that those holes suggest that this is going to be a, a 30 win team this year. I'd be I'd be shocked. If anything tonight, yes, you know, it might be a overreaction, but tonight made me think that the idea that this is only a 33-win team is it's tonight made that seem even crazier to me. They they got enough. I'll say that. And if what we saw from Ant tonight is a feature and not a bug, it's gonna be massive. I mean, we could have a that could make this year really fun. We could with that ant, we could definitely have a team that's in the playoff mix this season. I just for me, I can't express to you enough how encouraging I found Ant's defense to be. That is massive. And he's he's definitely taller. That no no fake news there. Like the kid grew. And and he's he's growing in the league. He, and he's a kid. He's still a kid. Again, your monthly reminder that Anthony Edwards skipped a grade in high school. He's 20 years old. He just turned 20. Should be a sophomore in college. And instead. You know, I think he's on his way to I think he's on his way to becoming something special in the NBA. I, I really do. I'm I'm interested to see, you know, how much this sustains, but I don't know, man. There, there, there's a vibe about that kid. I'll leave you with this. Um, because I found it crazy when I looked it up earlier today. Anthony Edwards was drafted. NBA draft. Drafted three hundred and twenty days ago. 
We're going to be 15 games into this regular season before the one-year anniversary of when he was drafted. That's just that's that's wild. <laughs> that's that's wild to me. It's been a bizarre first year of his career, but um, I, yeah, I just I don't think it's gotten in the way of his growth. All right, that's all I got for you tonight. Um, I'll be back later in the week with another pod with a guest for you. Um, we'll start to you know further dig into the squad. I'm excited to go back and rewatch this game. I'll, I'm sure I'll be posting some clips and stuff on on Twitter. So look for those. And yeah, you know we'll take we got 15 days until the season. We'll dig in deeper. We'll we'll learn more in these these next three games. We'll we'll get more sound bites, more clips from Finch and the players, and you know we'll see what this season has to offer. It's uh, it's here, and when the season is here, we'll start doing these post game pods after every game. I won't do them after every preseason game, but I do appreciate the many of you coming back for another season. And for those of you new to the show this year, welcome. Let's do it. Let's do another year. I'll talk to you later this week. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah.